This book is like your embarrassing uncle. Right? Like, you know, and, uh, you have, yeah, to, you have like, to listen to him long enough to find out what he's getting to, but you have to get through all that stuff in between. Yeah, like you'd almost, you'd almost have to, like, if you had, you could view it's more tolerable if you've had quite a few drinks along with them, but if you give them too many drinks, then it's, they're intolerable. Um, like, 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 it's like, it's like tolerable up to a point. I mean, this this crosses a line absolutely. So it's too, you know, is it too sexist? I mean, okay. So so I think there's two a few questions there. So what what makes something a classic? Obviously, and then I think there's also a question of like who gets to decide what is a classic. Welcome to Life, Death, Sci-Fi. And if you enjoy this podcast, please give us a review on iTunes and subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes, or whatever galaxy you deem your podcast from. And as always, there may be, probably will be, spoilers. Strangers in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein, who also... Starship Troopers. Right now, already you're saying Heinlein. I was in my mind, I was pronouncing it Heinlein. Oh, you know, I think. But I don't know. I've never heard I, it. Like I said. have heard it both ways. I have heard it both ways, and I think I'm just pronouncing it the way that I've always pronounced it. But so I don't know which is the which is the right uh, pronunciation. I suppose well, if I'm an shoot, author yeah, and I. And I wrote all these books. I would want my name pronounced correctly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I didn't. I didn't. Um, all, I, I suppose like you never have enough time for like research and stuff. But like I, I, uh, you know, what I didn't do, which I tend to do. I don't know why I didn't do with him. I usually try. I usually go to YouTube and like try to listen to a few interviews and things. Uh-huh. And I did not. I didn't even. I don't know why. I didn't even cross my mind with him. Uh, that would have that would have helped. Um, how are we gonna find that out real quick? My fan's gonna kick in here probably. I never trust some of those pronunciation things. Let's see. Uh... Guest of honor, Robert Heinlein. Heinlein. Mid-America, this is the uh, Mid-America, I don't know that. Sorry, hang on a second, let me see this. Rather than merely an... This is from the Mid-American Con. I have now just about the easiest that? task in the world. Yeah. Uh, that's him talking, but it's the not his. Uh... Oh, you need to get that guy who introduced him. All right. 
favorite people who has been with us at CBS for several of these missions now. And Arthur, what do you think we ought to do next? I mean, what would you like to see? The space station? Or... The greatest event in all the history of the human race. And Robert Heinlein. Robert Heinlein. You know, Walter, in thinking back... That's, Wal what that's Walter Cronkite. Done so many years ago. You got it? Robert Heinlein. You know, Walter, in thinking back to what the so there is a, there that that could be our intro. Robert Heinlein. Robert Heinlein. What's the you know, I kinda like those podcasts that start off too. They start off with a little bit of conversation and then move into the yes. you know that yes. intro that's always yes. you so, I, I think we I think we have to do that. I mean that's kind of what a, a you know, almost the definition of a podcast. Yeah, like the audience has to get warmed up. You you have to warm up the audience to get into what what you're doing. So we're kind of looking for a little like a, a moment of levity or a bit of uh, something profound. So maybe this is a moment of levity where it's like we're just we, we realize as we do <laughs> two sentences in that we, we we're not sure how to. <laughs> how do you say this? I had it. So it's Robert. What, what now? I'm already forgetting it. What is it, Robert? About and done so many years before. The landing of Apollo 11. Heinlein, oh, it's going to be hard for me. i got to look that up earlier. Shoot. Heinlein. I'm going to have to be saying this wrong the whole time. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> All right. Instead of shoot, I've got to say Hell's Bells, like uh, uh, like our, our buddy Jabal. Yeah. Not my buddy. Yeah. Some of the language is pretty fascinating to go back to. Um, yeah, I, wonder, I wonder if it reads true to the 50s, right? Hell's Bells. You know? Okay, <laughs> I, I definitely wanted to talk about that. I think that's that's important because let me ask you this: on a scale of of one to five, one being the hardest book you've ever had to slog through to finish, uh -huh. five is you know the page turner, you know, and I can't wait to get to the next one. Where where was where was this book? <sighs> You know, well, I mean, I, I think I, yeah, I mean, the word slog came to mind. I wonder where this <laughs> word slog came from now, but like, um, yeah, it was, I mean, it was a real struggle, I think. And, and now I'm going to ask you, why was it a real struggle? Yeah, and I guess that, that's the question. So I read it on a plane. The first half I read on a plane, and then it was really a long gap before I came back finally and just kind of power, powered through. So that was a struggle to kind of power through. I, I I found myself interested at first, and I think I wasn't. I was. I really wasn't. I, I struggled with the Jabal Harsha moments. So when he was when he was dominating the the pages, I found it less interesting. So I wasn't as interested in the politics of it all. Uh, you know, where there was like a lot of the like a lot a lot, a lot when he was you know the, the moments with the secretary general or kind of setting that up. Um, I was I was much more interested in the pages where it was the man from Mars, and kind of when it was about him. And, and I wasn't I wasn't interested in the larger maybe question. I guess I'm interested in the questions that were being asked. Um, 
but I, you know, I guess these kind of sacred cows that, that, uh, Heinlein, am I saying that right? Heinlein? Yes, Heinlein. Heinlein was, uh, Heinlein was that he was, he was, he was kind of asked, I'm interested in those questions, but I didn't love those moments where it was, it seemingly Harsha, uh, what do we call him? Harsha or Jabal? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't love, I didn't love that. So I, that was a struggle for me. Um, I think, I think, so, maybe in a large, yeah, so go ahead. You, 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 you didn't love that, the, the politics part of it and all of that. The, 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 the parts that really slowed me down were uh, living in the Me Too generation and oh, having yeah. him say things like, oh, um, I, and, and I marked these in, in my Kindle, but after about 20 of these, you know, pretty misogynistic, uh, well, the definition of misogynistic comments, I, I stopped marking them because there were so many, but, but one of them really struck me is, is he actually said that, oh, um, in the case of rape, it's, there's always, um, it's always a little bit, um, of the woman's fault. Yeah. yeah, Jill said, uh, well, let me, let me, uh, actually, can I, can I, uh, yeah. I typed all these up. You want, uh, let, me, let me read how them. How many, how many were there? Well, I, I didn't, I didn't think I got every single one, but let me, let me, yeah, let me read off a little list, list okay. here. And then we can, we can see if we want to do anything with that. Uh, so this is it. This is what I, what I wrote down as I was reading, um, you know, in, 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 I think, yeah, in order. Uh, don't worry your your head, honey, 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 child, uh, little one, honey, lamb, have another drink. No, you're real bright for a female. Jill looked round-eyed. Don't talk while I'm orating. Sorry, pretty fools. Gotta run, chicks. That's the babe. None of that, you little slut. Uh, Harshaw watching watching his three secretaries splash in the pool. There's blonde. Red-headed, dark, pleasantly plump, too deliciously slender. A woman who can't cook is a waste of skin. Playmates. Uh, Harsha says, took a dim view of males being reared by females. The word front, that obviously is, is you know, yeah, are you the kind of female who comes unstuck when she's needed? A girl's name ending in A, that always suggests a C cup. Flat-chested bunch, aren't you? It's a growing closer if there are young girls and pretty, such as Jill. Which one of you wenches? Halfway there. He was not the infantile type, interested solely in the size of ma mammary glands. <laughs> That's just terrible. <laughs> he wouldn't like, like it if Jill bitches. Quiet girl, or I'll paddle you. There was a lot of spanking going on with that guy. Yeah, wife just... Give me a, she's making a face as she should trot around. That's a good girl places. Girls, we should never have put shoes on them back to the kitchen woman, but let's drink to the girls. Finn, what's that toast to the flickas? And I didn't, I can't remember what that follows. Something follows that food girls, put it where we can reach it and maintain a respectful silence. And there's a section where he reduces around page 200 
where he reduces the women to A, B, C, and D when he's talking about them. What'll it be for the little lady? Cola, milk for your rosy cheeks, or a real happy day drink with the big folks? You're acting like a broody hen. Ouch, women should not be muscular. High time, that boy was salted. He knew she liked to shop. He forced her to, and this is Mike, he knew she liked, after, after he joins the circus, he knew she liked to shop. He forced her to indulge her weakness by sending her uh, never any outfit, which he sensed no longer delighted her. That's another another question. I maybe like a, to 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 Mark is like, you know, why does why does Mike, as someone who's enlightened, you know, kind of shift into he almost takes on like Harshaw's voice. If God didn't want women to be looked at, he would have made them ugly. Made them ugly. Uh, and then Mike says at one point to, to Jill, time to leave, pick a dress and get your purse. Okay. If a healthy woman liked them, almost done. Okay. If a healthy woman liked to be looked at, then it follows as the night, the day that healthy men should like to look. This is where, then this is around toward page 300. It's about three quarters of the way through. Jill says, this is Jill, nine times out of 10, if a girl gets raped, it's partly her fault. Yeah, yeah. That, that I had to put the book down at that point and and walk away. Um, it, it was it, it was so in my face. So, well, just just just, so, just a few more here. Okay, uh, four more. How would you like to coax her into bed? She would be as lively as a seal and as slippery. Then, in all the years I've studied this subject, the subject being women trying to trace the meanderings of their twisty little minds. The only uh, thing I've learned is that when a gal is gonna, she's gonna. All a man can do is cooperate with the inevitable, which kind of runs to another uh, motif or idea throughout for me, where this is that moment where um, uh, Jabal visits their, uh, well, I guess the cult or the uh, the uh, religion yeah. of all. The religion of all, and uh, yeah, and one of I can't remember which one of the younger girls convinces him to sleep with her. Uh, and there's a lot. There's kind of an ongoing thing of like a, you know, sort of creepyish uh, father figure. There's a Hugh Hefner kind of quality. You know, this old man. Is this like a? you know, a, a, a science fiction writer's creepy dream, you know, or, or is it, you know, anyway, anyway, so, you know, he's got a, uh, a couple more here. Don and Jill, this idea that Don and Jill are kind of made, oh, maybe it's Don that he sleeps with, that Don and Jill are made to look the same in the end. I thought that was really strange. Um, and then he's got pipe down and close your mouth. This is not a time when women have the vote. Uh, what happens when clothing isn't necessary and women aren't engrossed in dressing up? They'll never, and then, and then in parentheses, parentheses, it says they'll never lose interest entirely. That's on 379. And the parentheses, parentheses there is quite strange because who, why parentheses? Is that whose voice is that? Right. Is that the author? Usually a lot of times the parentheses would be the author's, you know, interjection of some thought. Right. 
or as if the author is in cahoots with the reader, which kind of speaks to the audience. So I don't know. There's a bunch of things there. I don't know. It's a lot. I knew it was a lot to read out, but I just kind of wanted to put that out there because it's when you think when you when you put it all when you kind of like you know you see that all together it's just brutal right it's yeah 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 and and i would one of the things that i would say is that we're looking for classics the best science fiction i'm not sure because of this i'm not sure that that really you know fits fits the the definition but let me let, let me let me uh, just say, put this in perspective. This was written in a time when um, there was an attitude of, of free love. Um, there was um, contraception for the first time. The pill came out. Um, there wasn't any knowledge of general knowledge of AIDS or any you know kind of disease that you know would spread like that. Um, and and if you look back at the videos of the time that this book was written, there was you know that that um, that kind of free love um, uh, music in the park, you know that that kind of thing was all over. Is this is this a story written out of that time, or is this just this guy's misogyny that is coming through in his work? Well, yeah, I don't, I don't. Right. So this this is I think the question is, well, is it misogynistic? So clearly, yes. Yeah. Right. Absolutely misogynistic. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I think I'm hyper aware of, I was thinking about this beforehand too. I mean, we're a couple of men <laughs> talking about this, right? So I guess we, 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 we can do that. Um, that's, that's, that's something I, I, so clearly misogynistic. Um, I think the other, the things that you're, when you get into those, I think there's two different things, threads there, right? One is like the misogyny of it. And the other is some of the other, like the free love, uh, polyamity, you know, polyamity, like this polyamorous idea. Uh, you know, I think it was very in that because it won. So it wins the Hugo Award, right? Yeah. And, and I think it was. I think it was time. I feel like my notes are organized well. Was it? Um, let me look at a couple of things here. So this was, uh, I've got this here somewhere. There's a few things that were pretty kind of, yeah, original for it. So it, so like terrible review, reviews from like the New York Times and a few other places. The New York Times called it a, a disastrous mismatch of science fiction laborious humor, dreary social satire, and cheap eroticism. Ah. Yeah, it characterized, it characterized it as puerile and ludicrous. It says, okay. when a nonstop orgy is combined with a lot of preposterous chatter, it becomes unendurable, an affront to the patience and intelligence of readers. Ah, 
but so so why but, does it end up on? I totally, which I totally, yeah, I totally agree with that personally. Like I, I, that was my reading of it, but it was, yeah, it was a Hugo award and it went and it was, and I, and just recently, I think in 2000, gosh, where is that? I want to say in, in around, around 2000, it was named as, as, oh, I've got to find that. Uh, by the, um, Oh, what is it? Uh, oh, shoot. Lost that. But it's really reputable. Um, like it, it was it was named by um, I think it was it was like the um, Congressional Library as as um, one of like the like top 100 books that like everybody should read. Um, yeah. OK, as, so as, like, a real because happened. When I think it was, you know, those ideas that it suggested of, 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 you know, like I think kind of questioning the way it questioned religion and, and norms of sex, uh, that was considered kind of avant, you know, kind of uh, like it's what avant-garde or it was kind of pushing the boundaries of what was acceptable. So it was kind of praised for, for that. I found I found the religious parts sort of interesting because um, the the bigness, the show, the the show of it um, is sort of sort of science fiction. It was futuristic. I mean, because those those kinds of things have have kind of become. Um, Real. If they weren't real, then they 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 are now. The, the huge auditoriums, the music, the the show of you know the big reveal, and and the way that 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 in the book paralleled the Carney experience and how how people look at at the marks and 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 the, and, and how to bring them in and, and all of that was. That was pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought I thought that I, was I, yeah. I, I find it really. I did I did only a little research on this, but I found I found it stunning that that uh, this book started that religion. So there is a religion that follows the same the same principles as the book. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. That was that was that was amazing. Um, in fact, I, I read on one website that um, now I forget his name. The guy that started uh, Scientology. Yeah. Oh no, really? Well, they were there was a, there's a myth. Forgetting the guys. Do you remember the guy's name? I know if he said it. Um, oh, Arthur C. K Casey, not not that guy. No, Casey. no, no, uh, no, no. It's. Um, Um, the the uh, actor, not he didn't start it, but he's certainly. Um, Let me Tom see Cruise is is part of it, another religion or this religion. So okay, oh, well anyway. Um, hang, hang on, hang on a second. I can find it real quick. Um, it's, it's worth finding. Um, 
Yes, it's it's a uh... healthy breakfast. So mental note to uh, my notes in better order here. No. Uh... Shoot. Oh, I can't find it. Um, uh, is, is it Hubbard or something? Hubbard? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Hubbard. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah and so anyway, they, they appear, the the myth is they were they were in a bar, and they made a bet as to who could start a religion uh, sooner that would last. And then they both they were they were actually they were there. It's documented they were friends, but nobody knows if this was a real bet that they had or not. And um, and so the other guy, one you know, the one guy goes on to to, to found uh, Scientology, and and then uh, Heinlein, you know, does end up sort of founding a religion. I guess that still exists. This yeah, Church of All, Church of the All World, uh, Ka or whatever, which yeah, still exists. Church of All Worlds, which still I saw it still exists today, which is pretty wild. Yeah, uh, very wild. Yeah. I, I thought I thought your this idea of um, it was pretty fascinating too. That there's like um, a a uh, I, I thought he really hit on a key idea in the future that it's all about uh, happiness. You know, so the idea that the church is all about happiness and the self, like thou art God. So I think those two things are super super accurate in the sense that like. You know the the uh, an emerging you know seeming something that acts like a religion, or almost a cult at times are 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 our desire for kind of mindless pleasure seeking, right? To take I'll take a phrase from uh, Fahrenheit five four one, and also the focus on the self. You know, with self help and how to better yourself. It's all through your own self and not necessarily others, right? You know, not not as a, a you know sort a sort of organized religion necessarily, although you could say like you know people who feel so passionately about Mac you know MacBooks or you know if you're a PC or a Mac person or a, you know maybe if you're really into World of Warcraft or whatever it might be like you know does that that becomes your religion in that sense uh, or maybe it's gambling or something so I think he definitely captures that and then and then also the circus like qualities of it i think yeah the circus idea is pretty fascinating yeah yeah yes um i guess that's a form of worship right if you spend all your time uh i, I really i used to i used to uh work with somebody i had this colleague in the past i don't know how much we want to be teachers in this as a side note but um you know the i had, I had this colleague who used to um, trying to think of when she would do that. It might have been with, at the same time, because she was teaching Fahrenheit. But it was it was amongst you know a dystopian unit, or you know, maybe it was kind of an end of the year type thing. And she had this. I would love 
I can't, I can't figure out what to search to find it. I really want this book. And it was, um, and it's like a picture book. Um, and it's these, it's, 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 it's at post-apocalypse and it's like these aliens are, are, uh, actually, you know what it is? I want to say it's like, this is weird. I might be mixing this up two different books, but I want to say it's like sheep have overrun the world. And it's like these sheep that are, that are finding the remnants of human civilization or maybe I'm misremembering. It's like aliens. And so they're, they're looking, all they have, it's like these all they have are like these rooms of things that are like being uncovered. Oh, I know this book. Yeah, and all the rooms have uh, motel. It's a motel. It's called the motel. Yeah. Um, motel they, of mysteries. Oh, I gotta. Okay, that doesn't sound. I really can't remember though. But they find all these rooms where everything faces the TV screen, the and they culture. don't. Know, yeah, and they don't know what the TV is, but they assume it must have been something that they worshipped. Yeah. Because all the rooms face anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Is it mo Motel? Oh, man, I got to... Motel of Mysteries. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember some of the toilet bowl. I'm seeing an image with that. They were kind of trying to figure out... Okay, I got to look into yeah, look at that. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I think I think Heinlein really he really he he nails that. Um, okay, let me let me ask you this because I thought of, uh, as you were saying that before, um, and it kind of interrelates to this thread. Would you would you recommend this? I've read this book three times. The last time was really really difficult. The first time I read it was, I don't know, maybe 35 years ago. And I read it for the science fiction of it. You know, it's got, it's got flying cars. It's got um, uh, travel to Mars. You know, it, it has uh, a, a, like a, a one-world government. You know, it's... It has some science fiction things to it, but not a lot. It's, it's mostly about the um, mind-body kind of connection and religion. Um, so, you know, as I read it more, I liked it less. And especially in the Me Too generation, a lot less. Because I can't believe how unaware I was when I first read this. I didn't, I didn't see those references at all. Like, you know, I'm sorry to admit. Right, we're, we're very woke now, right? Woke. woke. <laughs> I don't know I if I look woke, but I'm woke. I was trying to think of a title with woke, but I, uh, yeah, woke, so I, I think woke. that's not gonna. The woke pod. Woke, woke sci-fi. Oh. No. It's got a nice ring to it, but I don't, I don't think I don't think I yeah can make that the focus well enough. Although that would be an interesting angle to go back and read. I mean, I guess you're always doing that though, right? You're always reading these through different lenses. Which, speaking of which, I thought that would be a good approach to a possible structure too, to like put on a few lenses. Like, what would a you know what would a feminist say? What uh, uh, yeah, 
you know, you can, can look at this. In, we can bring in special guests. Okay, but be, before we go too far, I, I really want to ask you this question. <clears throat> is this is this book a classic, or is it just a historical reference? I mean, uh, a reference to you know what it was like to write a book in 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 that in that time. Is it or is it an oddity, or is it just a trash? Should we just put it in the trash bin of literature and leave it? Is it a classic? Some some of those um, some of those organizations that give awards to books think it's a classic, but the as you said with the New York Times um, review, they didn't like it at all. Right. Where are you on this? Yeah, that's that's a man. That's a tough question. Like, is it? So I guess a classic historical reference, an oddity, or trash bin? Where are you? Where are you going to put it? Classic. I mean, I feel like oddity. Hmm. Is oddity a what is that like a like a what's the right word for that? Like a is that a Okay, an oddity is you walk into a store and it has all of these weird things in it that you can buy, you know, like dolls' heads or 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 medical devices that you know um, <clears throat> you know fifty years ago or some kind of weird game or puzzle, you know, like some kind of yeah, some kind of kitsch, kitsch. Like a yeah. kitsch, like it's like it's it's horrible, like like a like a like a what, what do they call those things? Like a black velvet Elvis painting, yes, or something yes. like <laughs> like a. Well, I mean, to me, this is like your. It's your. This book is like your embarrassing uncle. <laughs> right, like, you know, at a. You have yeah, to, you have to like, listen to him long enough to find out what he's getting to, but you have to get through all that stuff in between. Yeah, like you'd almost you'd almost have to like if you had you could view it's more tolerable if you've had quite a few drinks along with them, but if you give them too many drinks, then it's, it's they're intolerable. Um, like 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 it's like it's like tolerable up to a point. I mean this this crosses a line absolutely, so it's too. You know, is it too sexist? I mean, okay. So, so I think there's two, a few questions there. So, what what makes something a classic? Obviously, and then I think there's also a question of like who gets to decide what is a classic, right? So, um, I, I guess I, you know, part of part of who gets to decide what a classic is 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 just time itself. I mean, is this it? Does this work have enough weight to last all of that time? Yeah, I guess that's part of my "would you recommend it?" question. Is like, is there enough in this that's worthwhile to outweigh all the sexism? For for me, you're asking me. Well, yeah, I think that's the question. Yeah, is there is there enough? Because that's what would, if a classic has to be something that you would read. Like, okay. I'll take um, now. I'm going out of sci-fi here, and maybe, maybe I don't know if that's something we want to do. But 
Um, well, I'm trying to think of an, an example with sci-fi, but let's say, okay, let's say, let's, let me, I was going to give, I was going to use Antigone as an example, right? Sophocles, Antigone, right? Some Greek play that to me stands the test of time. Um, but let's, let's say, let's try, like, try to stay in the world of sci-fi. So let's take, I would say 1984, right? Certainly, you know, it's, it's also a prediction of a future. It's also, it's very similar in the sense, like it's post, it's post, there's been some kind of World War Three, right? There's been some kind of, you know, there's, and uh, it's, it, it, it deals with uh, uh, sex as sort of a revolutionary act. Um, there's, there's some similar elements there, but certainly things that Orwell didn't get right. Right. I mean, he didn't, he, he, we're talking about predicting. So I think with sci, so I guess I would say this with sci-fi, I don't think they have to get the science predictions right to be sci-fi, but I would say in order for something to be a classic, it has to continue to resonate in terms of uh, the larger questions that it asks and whether or not yeah, idea. And I think, yeah, I think the I, questions I, are still relevant. Hmm. Yeah, I I'm think larger questions. Huh? <laughs> I said I'm talking myself into it being a classic. Oh, I see. But I don't think I want it to be a classic because I don't I don't think I would recommend it. I don't think I would recommend it. See. But I think see, see, how can it be a classic? You're talking to the guy who recommended it to you. And and now I kind of regret that. Well, it was on that it was on that list, right? Yeah. See, see, the thing is, there have been a lot of other stories written in this with the same kind of um, uh, first contact theme that you know this 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 um, boy grew up on a diff, in a different totally alien culture and and carries with with him or her those things that make him or her alien right so i think there's there's enough science fiction out there with that theme in it did you read that it was um that it was his wife's idea and it was based on uh, the jungle book oh no i did not yeah and i and i and um so he's, he's, he's talked about that. Yeah, so it was based on, um, he said it was a conversation with his wife who was, and they were talking about, I guess he was strongly influenced by, um, and again, I, I'm going to mispronounce this maybe. Is it, is it Rudyard or Rudyard Kipling? Yeah. Okay. Is it Rudyard or Rud, Rudyard? I, I say Rudyard. Uh, Kipling it had a strong influence. There's a few other of, of his works I can't remember off the top of my head, but he he had a big influence on um, Heinlein, um, his his style and uh, and idea and ideas. Uh, but this yeah, so this is this is he, he said it's based on conversations with the wife about uh, you should do a jungle book like idea, but instead of being raised in the in the jungle, he's raised by aliens. Yeah. I, I totally see that. Um, I thought that was kind of cool, uh, cool idea. I guess in that sense, it's a bit classic in this idea of 
of not like not like first contact, but this idea of like a an, an alien or being raised by uh, others, right? So that's I grew. So you're saying it's sort of a classic. I mean, that's an <laughs> that's an that's an archetype. Hmm. Yes, one of my favorites. So can I guess the other question, part of the question is, so we we you know, like idea why? I mean, the idea, I think the idea is a great idea, like, uh, excellent idea, right? You love and you love. I, I love the idea as as a yeah. as a premise for a novel. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, uh, but but for me, it it just doesn't hold up. I I don't think this is going to last the test of time. I think it'll. For me, I think it's a good historical reference because this is these are the kinds of things. In as it was written, you you will notice it's kind of like a, a tourism. Uh, you will uh, notice that these references to um, females in the book, you know, aren't aren't the norm now. Um, but if you have to do that. Then that's taking away from from the the story itself, I think. And well, okay. it can't be can't it can't hold up by itself. It has to be explained. Yeah, we should we should come back to the story itself. I think I mean at some point talk about plot a little bit and, and the this and maybe the character of, of Valentine Michael Smith a bit. Let's let's come back to that. But so staying with the, the classic thing. Okay, here's my thought as you're saying that. Because I, I, this is not where, because I was ready. I, I thought I was going to have a hard time talking about this because it's I was so, I'm so, so hard to read because of the misogyny. Yeah. And I, I, and I can't, I would not recommend it. And you know, I find myself, and I think not exactly playing devil's advocate, but wanting to argue for it still being a classic in some way. But as you're saying this, because I guess the question is if something has racist elements, which is another question here because it doesn't deal with race hardly at all, which is I think a huge oversight. The, the, the idea there's no race. How does how would an alien or somebody who's raised outside amongst a totally homogenous culture not want to explore that at all when he arrives on Earth? So that's that, that's a big oversight, a big big uh, plot hole, right? Or like a, like a big gap for me. But it's but it's because it's clearly sexist. Okay, so what about Star Trek? The old Star Trek, Would, wouldn't we say that that's a classic? That's classic. Yeah. And yet very chauvinistic and sexist in the same kind of way. Now, now you're poking at one of my you know, high <laughs> comments know. there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to think on that because I guess that's totally true. I mean, it's a little hard to see it in writing. And I think maybe we could say that he, which is interesting because he had to fight. I, mean, I read that he had to fight to include a lot of things that the publishers wanted to take out. So it was banned, right? I think because uh -huh. of the... Probably, I'm guessing probably words like like slut and that kind of thing, right? 
Um, and so it was, so he had to fight to include a lot of that in there, right? Which is maybe the true voice of some people. I mean, still today, right? There's people like that out there. So that that's a truth, even though it's not a truth that we want to necessarily read or we don't, you know, we wouldn't talk like that, right? But but there are people who do. He fights to keep that in. Whereas, say, Star Trek, I mean, if it wasn't censored at all, couldn't you see, uh, you know, uh, Captain Kirk probably would have sounded a lot like Jabal Harsha. And then we've got, you know, women who are totally objectified in their dress and all that. And we would still say that's classic because of, I think, I think what makes it partly classic is we love the ideas that are, were addressed in sci-fi at the time as a way of getting around some censorship and stuff and talking about challenging ideas. You know, like a lot of sci-fi at the time was getting into like Twilight Zone and stuff, getting into questions about race, right, or, thing, or ideas that were controversial, but doing it, you know, because it was through these alien worlds, they were able to talk about things that, you know, were, were a bit taboo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Um. I, I don't have my research marked on this, but I think Heinlein was one of those authors who wrote to make a living. And one of the things I heard was, or I read, was that he, um, he was told to put some of those things in because it sell it 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 sells books it sold books um so i i think we have to do a little more research to find out how how those things got in there you say he fought to keep them in there and i read the publishers told him to put that stuff in there oh yeah i didn't see i didn't see that he was told to put things in. i i mean there's definitely posthumously his wife uh uh published the unabridged version which is kind of my question for you because you were reading it i think with your kindle and there's a there's a i think i want to say it had like sixty thousand. I, I, I this is definitely right what i'm saying is definitely right the number may not be right i think it was um i want to say it had like sixty thousand more words in it and you wow. can find some side-by-side comparisons it's not, it's some of it, some things like it definitely changes meaning. I don't think it changes a lot of the, the salacious stuff I think was pretty much all there, but there's some things where like, there's a line I think where he says like, uh, the greatest, I wrote this one down, uh, the greatest danger to man is man himself. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just, no, the, the book, the version I read, it is the greatest danger to man, man himself. And the, the unabridged version Heinlein High, wrote is the greatest danger to man in space, man himself, which is like totally, totally different meaning. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think the salacious stuff was, um, um, there was, was, if anything, uh, that was, I think was cut out based on what I read. Oh. Yeah, I don't think he was encouraged to put to put that in. He was fighting to keep any everything controversial in there. Like he he'd said that they wanted to there's some letters that he'd written where they were trying to cut out the 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 stuff that referenced religion and sex. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
And, and those were like, those were like, he's kind of, he's on record of saying those were not, he didn't use the phrase, I think sacred cows. I just read that somewhere, but those were the things he was really, he was trying to uh, question those, those norms in this book. And I think in that sense to me, you know, the is as a classic, I think that stands the test of time. I think we're still in a, in a, questioning those ideas about what what is um what what would make us transcend ourselves or how do we progress i guess this is arguing for progress through questioning ideas about religion and sex and in that sense i think it questions things but at the same time it's doing that there's like some lines that are kind of homophobic right Yes. And, yeah. and lines that are really sexist. So he misses the mark on that. But the overall like questions are kind of like those questions stand the test of time. Does that make like. Mm. Yes. Yes. And he was pretty adamant that if you're reading this book for answers, like you're totally like he didn't really like the idea that there was, I think, a, a religion based off off of this. He felt like it was not a book for answers, but a book for questions. He says, okay. uh, which I think, good. <laughs> I don't think this, I don't, I don't find, I don't, I don't find answers in this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So could it, could something be a classic, but we wouldn't recommend it? There are lots of classics that I will never read. I could say, yeah, it's a classic, but I don't recommend it. No, I don't know. I, do I want to? Do I want to um, put a classic label on something that is that I don't agree with? That a lot of the things I don't agree with. I, I find some parts pretty interesting, like the mind-body connection. Um, how how if you were if you were so tuned grew up in an alien culture and you could tone your body or or you know do the things that um michael did um i think is 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 futuristic and interesting yeah um, like like he never needed a haircut because he could grow his hair and keep it at the same length um could tone his body he could he could move things with his mind, you know, all of those things. Could they be possible? Is that is that science fiction? I don't know. I think, yeah, I think I think right. I, I I think that's an interesting idea, and one that um, I mean, I guess in terms of evolution, right? Certainly, we've progressed in that sense. Right. Even even I mean, we barely touched on the mind. I mean, the mind is an unexplored like this inner exploration um, is an interesting sci fi idea. Right. There's, is there more to explore within ourselves than like there's like inner exploration versus outer, you know, going in, into space versus going within ourselves. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that the, that's sci fi. Right. The other the other part. And you, and you just said it about evolution is um, is pretty interesting the uh, 
survival aspect of a Martian is kicked out of the nest at birth, and if you know one out of ten survive and then come back in, and then they're you know forever you know in in the nest. Where by contrast, at least in in the story, it's it, it talked about on Earth, we're protected in the nest at, at birth, but then have to you know meet with survival for the rest of our lives. So there's a little bit of a you know different alien perspective there, and I thought that was pretty good science fiction. Yeah, yeah, no, I thought that was well to me. That reminded me of. Um... You know, it's some kind of, uh, I don't know, Nazi Germany or some kind of, you know, this idea that there's a, is there a superior race? To me, it was almost advocating for the idea there's some sort of, you know, superior, you could breed out certain groups and end up with a yeah. superior race, which I found really unnerving. And, and, and I thought that the book seemed to suggest and again, I get, I get Heinlein's not saying there's answers, but at least if we look at, uh, we, I don't know, we call him, call him Mike. <laughs> we look at Mike, Michael or Smith as a heroic figure, you know, then are his ideas those to be valued? He's kind of suggesting like the, the aliens get this and we're not quite ready for that yet. And then we're, we're having spoilers in this podcast, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, that, uh, you know, he would then in the end sacrifice himself because humans aren't quite ready uh, to to transcend into these um, Martian like figures that uh, understand that it's all about. uh eliminating the weaker the weaker beings right in order to become stronger as a as a group you know it's not about the self that's like not you know it's le it's less more about the the group than this the individual self kind of doesn't really value the individual in that way right yeah i'm having a hard time with that with the ending i i i thought it was I, I don't know what to say about that. Um, so what would you, should we, should we talk a bit about Valentine Michael Smith as a, as, as a character? Sure. So yeah. do you, do you, I mean, he's obviously portrayed as a, as a, a Christ-like figure. I, I don't think there's any other way to look at it, really. Um, how did that, did that work for you? Um, That's a good question. Did you, did you, okay, let me ask this question. Did you find him likable? A good question. Um, it was a hard read because I didn't... There were many things I did not find likable. Yeah, no. Um, I guess not. I, did, I didn't. Didn't find him like them all. And 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 part of that was the the Carney reference. I don't like to be looked at as a mark. You know, we'll mm. bring him in as a you know, the marks like this. They you know, 
And, and you're right, because of the different levels of their nest kind of religion, they, they were weeding out the people who could and could not understand what was going on. So, yeah, what, what is that called? Eugenics? Right, right. So, no, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. Yeah, almost like a scary, uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of, it's a bit of an AI quality to it, right? This scary, uh, powerful, uh, I guess in this case, a beach machine that would weed out or eliminate anything that's kind of threatening, right? Oh, yeah. I guess, I guess the sacrifice at the end is, is, I don't know what the point of that was. So, the, so at the end, he gives up his own body. So it's like the body of communion, right? The body of Christ, right? Obviously, but the point of that is like he does that in order to what? What do we what do, what do we gain from that, or what does he gain? Well, he does that because he he feels so. So I guess the 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 redeemable quality in him is he has this moment of realization. This is tra that's tragedy, right? It's this an anag what do you call it? Anagoras and that can't pronounce that word. Anagrasis, like this this moment of realization where he understands that he's actually a spy sent from the Martians to probably create uh, a, a, a race or a world in which is more habitable for these Martians. Um, or, or okay, they would have I didn't see that. I didn't see that so, coming, but I, I like that. And so he he sacrifices. That's where Deal sacrifices himself because he doesn't want to continue to be the conduit that kind of reports or sets up that world. He realizes, in that sense, he's almost like some AI that would self destruct. That would then have like that's the human coming out in him, right? So he would sacrifice himself for the sake of humanity because humans would become less human through this process that he Or maybe sees. not survive at all. You know, the planet would just disappear. Right, yeah, yeah. Like we would... So I think there's a, there's an element here of like what makes us human. Like that was a question, like there's an exploration of humanity in this text as to like what... Yeah, what what is... What makes us human, right? Um, so you're saying... Sacrifice makes us human. Our, our, yeah, our, our. Sorry, some strange music coming from outside. Uh, that it's it's uh well our ability to what's well, our our survival affections our fallibility. Right, our you know, isn't our our imperfections that make us human? Did he did he sacrifice himself so that others could survive? Is it a survival thing? Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if a will is a willingness to sacrifice yourself. That seems almost more Martian, right? 
Do you think humans would sacrifice themselves? For, I guess we, we do sacrifice ourselves for others, though, right? Not all humans, but some humans. Yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, they, he he doesn't seem to understand. I guess that's a bit of an aside, but like, he doesn't seem to understand uh, satire, humor. He takes everything literally, right? So there's there's a yeah, you know, uh, a, a willingness to kind of to see our own faults, to laugh at ourselves, to find humor in in sadness or the inevitable, right? Like that makes us kind of human. Tragedy makes us human, right? I found it um, interesting that when he finally found the ability to laugh, it was to laugh at... Um, oh, yeah. Zoo. The... the negative things and I you know and I thought oh is that really true really? yeah that was really creepy right he starts laughing at the zoo yeah and then and then you know expanded that out to humans and you know okay I kind of see that but I I don't want to be like that yeah is that part of it you feel like I felt like I guess there was a bit of what rubbed me the wrong way too here, in addition to the the sec, you know kind of chauvinistic uh, lines. I kind of felt like I'm bringing Heinlein in. I got the feeling that the writer or the thinker behind it kind of felt like he was superior to others, right? Like there was a superior kind of tone running throughout whether it was through jabal harshaw and then later through through mike valentine michael smith when he moves from innocence once he becomes experienced he feel you know it seems like he's like like you said like i i felt like as a reader i'm the mark like i don't get it or i'm the monkey in the zoo right or i'm i'm in the matrix and i don't get it right i'm not i'm not woke <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's a good, really good point. Hmm. Which is not a fun thing as a reader, right? Like you're not in on it, you're, right? So we were, there's no, it wasn't, it wasn't like dramatic irony in that sense. I think I would have liked this better if there was like that kind of dramatic irony running throughout where it's not, you know, like, like I, like I, I think I wanted this book to be about a a Martian arriving on Earth, not and it was actually human and discovering the human race, but I was like in on it throughout. Right? Like Yeah. Yeah. I, and there there's a lot more to explore as a Martian on Earth than just what we were revealed in this story i thought it was pretty yeah yes uh, pretty like we were locked in a room and we could only we we were only um told what what was out there through through a, a couple characters it's a bit it's a bit missing misanthropic right yeah 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 okay i i need to wrap this up how do we how do we close our podcast? Do we do we 
do we um, do we say something like, oh, this this belongs on the top hundred best science fiction books of all time? Yes or no? I mean, is it, is that what we do, or or do we just say, oh, I like the book or whatever? Um, How do you want to end it? Well, I thought about. Yeah, I don't know if you could do a, a thumbs to the side, thumbs down. Yeah, gosh, I don't have mixed feelings about that. It'd be cool to have some sort of um, listicle kind of thing. I don't know if you've listened to those are tend to be more episodic, but like the uh, some Game of Thrones podcast, like the the binge mode. You ever listen to that? No. Um, but they kind of they, there's more like with an episode. They're like you know who won the episode kind of thing. Okay. So there could be like a, could there be a list of questions like this? You know, I thought about whether or not at some point you could have some maybe those end up maybe these end up prompting a lot more conversation. And obviously, you know, the, these it's going to be hard to have shorter conversations here. But obviously, we'll get you know uh, faster paced, and we'll have you know we can we can work on that. I mean, I mean, because I actually have like way more to talk about. Um, but we've been you know we we yeah, we've been talking for a couple hours. Um, and, uh, so I don't feel like I'm quite there, but we've, you know, we've got into it with some depth, you know, and talked about some interesting things, you know, but, but, but I thought like, could we do like a, is there a text to text? And maybe in that sense, it's like, if you like this one text, then maybe you would like this, you know, if you thought ahead, you know, like what, what, you know, what is this similar to you've touched on that with like a first contact. I guess part of me is kind of going, is it first contact though? Because it's not, it's not an actual alien, but it's alien like, um, uh, but is it, is it a fish out of water kind of thing? Like, are there a few maybe kind of types of genres where if, if you like uh-huh. this sci-fi book, you might like this one. I think yeah. if we're to continue down this list, like, let's say we were to go with, which I, I really want to do, you know, I, I want to do that. I don't know if we have to continue to do that for this podcast, but I like that gives us at least, there's a lot of books on that list, right? That we keep, we're trying to, I've been pushing, you know, do we stay on that list? Cause we could do kind of a ranking thing. Like where do we, where do we rank this in comparison to some other books we've read so far? Like that could work. Oh, okay. Okay. Rather, yeah, so yeah. it gives things in something rather than just like a thumbs up. I just feel like the thumbs up or thumbs down or like a, you know, how many stars, like what, what is that, you know, without getting into like what that means. And that's kind of tedious, you know, I mean, the thumbs up or thumbs down is kind of easy. Thumbs to the slot to the side, two thumbs up. I mean, there's all those different ways. I guess I've never really loved that. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe, so, maybe that's so just a, just a regular recommend. Um, if somebody comes up, if you're if you're talking at dinner or at a bar and say, "Ah, I I just finished this uh, this book. I would like to um, um, talk about it a little bit, and then uh, then you recommend it or not recommend it." Man, I I just read this book. I, I had to slog through it and. If there if there's a stack of books uh, that that you find and this is one of them, um, don't don't read it, you know, or or yeah. yes, you must you must go out and buy this book and read it right now. I don't know. 
No, it's tough because I think I think now that I'm talking about I've talked about it with you, I'm glad I read it. <laughs> but I don't I, I could I wouldn't recommend it. I I would recommend, and I think there's I I, I read there's a ver uh, uh, it's they're gonna make a I think a series or a movie. I'm not sure who's doing it. I, I read that somewhere. It to me. You know, maybe this is one where I would say, watch the movie, don't read the book, assuming they 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 revise or reinterpret some of the. I assume they'll make it less. If they're making it today. They're not going to make it chauvinistic. Yeah. Be interesting to see the differences if you've read the book. I don't know if I just say, oh, go out and watch this this movie, like Altered Carbon. I thought was really. Um, the book was great, and the movie was, um, or the series was wonderful. See, I didn't read the book, which I'm regretting, and I think it's on that list. I want to, I want to um, read I it. I thought you did. No, because you, you, um, I remember you read it, and I think what this is terrible because I judged it by its cover, and it was a part of that book club, and I didn't. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was like a YA thing. Which is stupid because I, I, you know, like Hunger Games is YA and I like that. There's definitely The Giver I like. There's some YA novels that I like. And uh, yeah, so you got to go. But I, I yeah. and I just didn't. Um, yeah, and I and I and I now I, and after watching the series, I really want to read it. It's a it's a super fascinating idea. Hmm. Maybe that's the next one we read. Yeah. Well, I was gonna I was gonna suggest. Um, let me grab the title. Um, yeah, because some of this was part of the, an ordering here. Um, this is uh, Ted Chiang. What? Okay, I can't. It, 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 yeah, this is this is a, a series of uh, short stories, um, stories of your life and other stories. And this is, um, I think, this is. One of the, the longer short stories in here it was the basis for the movie Arrival. Oh. And he's been, um, I mean, he's a real, like, a, you know, a super successful uh, you know, sci-fi writer today. I mean, if you, if you, if you, 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 if you haven't heard of Ted Chiang, like, uh, Google him. Like, there's some really co cool stuff he's been associated with. Okay. And uh, he's, he's done a, a few of his short stories were on the um, LeVar Burton uh Reads podcast and I really really enjoyed him. I think he's okay. a super. So if you're down with that, just because I I don't have a lot of you know my shipment hasn't arrived. I don't have a lot of books, but um, you know it's short stories. Well, that that's a different thing to. I guess it's not on that list though, huh? I'm already suggesting something that's not on the list. Oh no, I oh, know. I know. Uh, I, I think I think that's okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we um, go, go, my go back low, and. Um, yeah, you got to go. Really successful.